Well, welcome to our midweek sermon here at All Saints. I'm Gareth, I'm one of the ministers here, and I'm going to start reading from Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, and reading from verse 31. And it says, And Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And reading from verse 38, And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever and they appealed to him on her behalf and he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them and demons also came out of many crying you are the son of God but he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. So here's the Lord Jesus demonstrating his authority and the Lord Jesus out amongst all the people and they're all coming to him with their various ailments and he was able to deliver miraculously people from many demons and from illnesses. But today I'd like to talk specifically about spiritual fever. In fact, I think it's interesting that in the passage we're looking at today, we're looking at a fever. And in fact, one of the main symptoms of COVID-19 is a high temperature and a fever. Uh, a fever typically would mean an abnormally high body temperature, which is often accompanied by shivering and headache, and in some cases delirium. It's a really horrible thing to suffer from. And whilst we already know that one of the main symptoms of COVID-19 is a fever, I think that there is something deeper that God wants us to think about. And that is the spiritual fever in our world today. I think if ever there was a word to describe the chaos in our world right now, spiritual fever would sum it up very well with all the things that we're going on around us, all the injustice and the sinfulness in our world that can make us burn with anger at the injustice, whilst at the same time shuddering at the cold hatred that we see in our world. And then there's the delirium, the restlessness of our soul, that longing for true peace and not being able to find it. In fact, there is this brokenness and sickness of the heart that the prophet Jeremiah says of that, that the heart is deceitful and desperately sick. And in the reading we had read just now, the disciple Peter's mother-in-law, when Jesus came to visit, she was suffering from a fever. And actually the, the town of Capernaum was situated in the low marshy district that surrounded the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. So that's near where the river Jordan ran into it. So there was a lot of malaria and illness about. And Peter's mother-in-law, she was very ill and in great discomfort without any of the kind of medicine that we have available today. And she was very weak and afflicted. And in her moment of great need, Jesus was there to heal her. And we have a much greater saviour than any of the trials and fears that we may face. And the disciples, they went and told Jesus about Peter's mother-in-law's fever so that he could come to heal her. And so also we should come to God in prayer and ask him to bring healing and deliverance. You know, we must not forget that Christ has all the authority in heaven and on earth. As we saw in verse 32, it says that they were astonished at his teaching for his word possessed authority. 
And this same authority in Jesus' teaching is also seen when he casts out the demons in, uh, in the synagogue. That, that first moment earlier on in chapter 4 when he cast the demon out in the synagogue. In fact, the Greek word epitomeo is used several times in Luke 4. And in particular in relation to healing Peter's mother-in-law. It means to command or rebuke. And Jesus rebuked the fever in a similar way to how he rebuked the demons. This wasn't so much an exorcism of a demon, but rather Jesus taking authority over the sickness and casting it out and driving it out of her. But I'd like to focus specifically on the fever itself in this story, since COVID-19 is a physical illness that's making people sick and has also been bringing death. So I also believe that this virus, I want to think specifically about what's happening in our world right now, that this virus is spiritual and reminds us that there is a great spiritual fever of the soul and a great need for salvation that can only come through true repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So firstly, let's just think about what we can learn from this fever and in this story. And firstly, we can see that, that spiritual fevers are common. There's a restlessness in the human soul. In fact, St. Augustine once prayed, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. In a recent BBC News article, it was reported that over half of the UK population has struggled to sleep during the lockdown. And while some have managed to sleep longer, they've actually found that they haven't felt rested. And one medical expert commented that disturbed sleep is often caused by stress and can itself increase the stress levels, creating a cycle that is hard to break. And so whilst one of the main symptoms of COVID-19 is a high fever, the symptoms of lockdown are restlessness of the soul and sleepless nights. There is a restlessness as we fret over all kinds of earthly things, our jobs, our families, our homes. And these are things that can keep us awake at night. But the number one thing that troubles us is the realisation that we are not in control. There is a lot of disorientating loss of control in our lives that has happened in the last few months that's thrown everything up into the air and left us wondering how we're going to catch things when they come back down to earth. In fact, when I was reflecting on what to say for this, I had a picture of people looking upwards, waiting for those things that are, if you like, up in the air, everything that's been thrown up in the air. People are looking, waiting for those things to come to earth. But, but God is saying, stop focusing on earthly things and instead look out for my return instead. That are we ready for Christ's return? We don't know when that will be, but the time to be ready is not after COVID-19 is all behind us, but it's now. And so going back to thinking about the symptoms of a spiritual fever, there is also a, a hot and cold, a blowing hot and cold. There's something about a fever where the sufferer never finds any comfort. It's one extreme to the next. And it's the same with spiritual fever. There is, if you like, the burning heat of hostility that causes division. And we know that there's a lot, a lot of division in the church, more so perhaps than there ever has been. And there's an irritability and, and offence often being taken. We find that political debates can often flare up and, and divide Christians as well as theological ones. 
And, and the fact that we're also stuck behind our screens at home, instead of having that personal fellowship is a tragic irony in itself in that many people have been isolating themselves from being in fellowship for many years. And then there's the false heat of religious excitement without true repentance and faith. A worshipper can get whipped up into a frenzy one moment only to blow cold the next. There are many Sunday Christians who blow hot and cold. So in their worship, they're on fire, but in their Christian walk, they go cold. Later in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, Jesus warns that many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. Another acute symptom of a fever is delirium. That is a disturbed state of mind characterized by restlessness, illusions and incoherence. And Jesus warns that in the last days there will be many false prophets who will arise and lead many astray. And the Apostle Peter warns in his second letter to Timothy, in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of themselves, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. When we drift away from the true gospel of Christ who died on the cross as a propitiation for our sins and we drift into false gospel, there is no peace to be found there, but instead we find confusion and spiritual delirium. When your life gets difficult and when real persecution begins for Christians, there will be a great falling away because unless we're holding really tightly onto Christ, the rock of ages, we will suffer the delirium of spiritual fever. The second thing we learn about spiritual fevers is, it, is that it has many causes. Spiritual fevers come from many causes. In fact, COVID-19 is, is the cause of some of our restlessness, but not all of it. Many people were already worried and concerned about all kinds of different things well before this pandemic. And so I just want to look at five main causes of spiritual fever. And going back and looking at this story, Peter's mother-in-law may well have caught the fever through living near the undrained and marshy areas around the Sea of Galilee. So living in a low spot where the air was full of all kinds of malaria and illnesses. So kind of living in the spiritual marshlands, if you like. And we all live in this kind of spiritual marshland of worldliness and materialism and an obsession with our appearance and image, uh, if you like, an identity that's built on worldly things with a sprinkling of Christianity on a Sunday. And, and so many of us can end up living in that way. But if prayer is neglected and our Bible's not read and the truth of the gospel does not saturate our hearts and minds, then we will catch that spiritual fever. I want to ask you, are you living in a spiritual marshland today? Are you putting your soul in danger by what you're watching and looking at? Are you living in that worldly place? Then there's spiritual stagnation. Another cause of spiritual fever is allowing things to stagnate. So when, when we become spiritually passive, we're actually more at risk. Christians need to be active, actively spiritually on the front foot actively praying and reading scripture, serving in the church in discipleship and evangelism and sharing our faith, being active in our faith. Because when we stop praying and interceding for others, when we stop dwelling in the word of God and letting it convict us and rearrange us, and when we've got nothing to live for in our lives other than some kind of faint hope that life will get better rather than a true and steadfast hope in Christ and an eternity with him, 
we find that our faith will become stagnant and stale. And this is a dangerous spiritual place to be in. Another way that we see fevers uh, developing is in excessive heat. Fevers often come through excessive heat. Often in hot countries, the risk of fever is greater than, than, than most and, and even often fatal. But spiritually, there is the heat of busyness and business. If you can't take the heat, then get out the kitchen, as the famous saying goes. So we will tend to wear productivity and busyness as a badge of honour. Are you teetering on burnout? Well, that's often seen as a virtue in our modern achievement-driven culture. But this excessive heat puts us in great spiritual danger, where we find ourselves too busy often to even pray before we start our day. And as we rush off to the first meeting of the day, so our Bible continues to remain closed. And as the working day finally comes to a close and we collapse into the armchair, we have neither the energy or the desire for spiritual things. And it's this relentless heat of busyness that brings about a spiritual fever in our weakened state. That also leads to poor diet. And we know that poor diet lowers our body's immune system. So if you have a poor diet, you become more prone to illness as the fever germs build up inside of us. And likewise, poor spiritual diet affects Christians. Christians who are spiritually malnourished will find that they're more susceptible to this fever, this spiritual fever. You know, Sunday morning for an hour or so is the equivalent of trying to survive on one small meal for several days. That if you don't read your Bible and pray between, Monday, uh, between Sunday and Wednesday, then you've already gone half a week without any spiritual nourishment. And if you think about it, would you seriously live on just one or two meals a week? Obviously you wouldn't, you'd be so weak. And yet so many of us live like this, chronically malnourished spiritually, starving believers in the midst of this great spiritual opposition around us. And yet the Lord comes to us preparing a table before us in the midst of our enemies. Why are we spiritually starving ourselves when the Lord offers to feed and sustain our souls? But lastly, we see that fever is born in filth. The rotting, decaying matter which produces dangerous vapours and gases. And there is nothing more putrid in our world than the spiritual filth of sin. And we live in a world that's morally and spiritually rotting in great sin. And as believers, we must keep ourselves clean and pure. That's why holiness and purity is so vital for us as believers. To not get contaminated with the sin and the temptations in the world around us. I recently heard the really tragic news that a dear mentor and college tutor of mine, uh, a true Christian giant, was defrocked by the church because of an addiction to pornography. You know, when we allow ourselves to wallow in the, in the swamplands of spiritual filth instead of being set apart for Christ, we're in great risk of spiritual infection. The third thing that we learn about spiritual fever is that it incapacitates us. We look at Peter's mother-in-law, there she is, bedridden and incapacitated with the fever. She's unable to move, get up and serve her household and do all the usual chores and enjoy being around her family. And when we have a fever, it puts us completely out of action. It wipes us out. We have no strength or even the will to do anything as we lie there helplessly just suffering. Our whole system is out of gear and we feel weak 
washed out and delirious. In fact, I even kind of had a picture of, kind of in, my, uh, in mind of, of a guitar that's completely out of tune. Okay? It's that kind of completely out of kilter. And it's the same with our spiritual fever. When our soul has the fever of unbelief, fear and anxiety, we are spiritually incapacitated. We find it hard to pray and trust in the promises of God. And like a person lying in their bed and able to get up, so hope has deserted us and we just can't see our way back up again. The person who's ill has lost their smile and good humour and instead they lie there in weakness and pain and sadness. When the spiritual fever takes hold of us, likewise, we lose all the joy of our salvation. We lose the hope and we start to despair. And where there was once a deep peace, now we've become fretful and restless. And likewise, I believe that COVID-19 is a spiritual affliction. And for all the different ways that this virus is bringing illness and death, I think one of the main ways that this virus is harming the body is in the body of Christ, the church. We're currently unable to meet together physically, to sing praises to God, to take communion uh, together, to sit together under the preached word of God and the gospel proclaimed and have that fellowship and community together. Meanwhile, the Satanists and the witches, they're all gathering to perform their cults whilst the churches are empty and there is no public sung worship and there is no taking of Holy Communion and no public proclamation of the gospel. It really is that serious. It's really that bad. It's as if a great spiritual fever has fallen on our nation and we long for the cure. That is why as Christians, we need to pray and cry out to God that this is serious. Because lastly, the one thing we learn from this story is that only Jesus Christ can cure this fever. He's the only one who can cure this spiritual fever. And it says in verse 38 that they appealed to Jesus on their behalf. And I just feel challenged today. Are we praying through this pandemic? Are we appealing to the Lord to take away this virus because we believe that he can do it? Are we like the people around Jesus, asking him into that situation to heal uh, Peter's mother-in-law, knowing that he's fully able to do it and just anticipating the miracle that was about to happen? I believe that we must appeal to the Lord for our nation and our world. It's time to fast and pray. I don't believe that, that nationally the church we're praying as much as we need to. We need to come together and pray, Heavenly Father, please deliver us from this virus. May we gather again to worship you together. Take the bread and wine together. Worship and hear the gospel proclaimed. In verse 43, Jesus said to them, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. The truth that there is an even greater spiritual disease of sin that leads to spiritual death and judgment. And as our whole world is, is globally affected by COVID-19, is also afflicted with the spiritual disease of sin, darkness and unbelief. And so many people tragically are living under that great shadow of trouble, fear and a depression of spirit, a hopelessness that the unbeliever lives with, always living in the fear of man and death. But the good news is that Christ came to die on the cross. He bore all our sin and was punished in our place so that through faith we could be forgiven and redeemed. As it says in Ephesians, being once dead in our trespasses and sins, we're made alive in Christ. And going back to Luke chapter 4, it says in verse 39 that Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately she rose and began to serve them. We see Jesus standing over her with concern and compassion, but also with complete power and authority. 
And in the same way, God watches over us, his people. The psalmist says that he who watches over you will not slumber. And as soon as Jesus rebuked the fever, it left her and immediately she rose and began to serve them. The power and authority of Christ is seen by the casting out of the fever and the immediate strength and healing that came to her in that very moment. Only Christ can deliver us from COVID-19 and bring salvation and deliverance to our nation and world. And I believe that we as Christians need to appeal to God on the church's behalf. All the social distancing and a man-made vaccine is not going to deliver us. Only the same power and authority that rebuked the demons and that fever is going to save us. We have to cry to him today. Lord Jesus, help us. Forgive us. Forgive us our passivity and our unbelief and deliver us from this terrible virus. A word which keeps coming back to me time and again in this pandemic is that of 2 Chronicles 7 where it says, where God says, I shut, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. That only God can help us and now is the time to turn to him, to humble ourselves, to seek his presence. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour today, repent and believe. That means literally turning away from a worldly, godless way of living and put your faith fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. Call on him for salvation in the day of trouble. I just want to close in prayer. I mean, if you're not a Christian today, I just want to invite you just to bow your head and just to welcome the Lord Jesus into your life. Just to say, Father, I'm sorry for those things I've done wrong. But Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me on that cross. And I thank you that you, you took my sin on yourself. Please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And for those of us who are already Christians, we just want to cry out to the Lord, Father, would you bring healing to our nation? Would you remove this virus? And as we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek your face and your presence, we pray, Lord, that you would bring your presence into our nation, that you bring repentance and that, Father, you would deliver us from this great evil in our land. And we pray, Father, that as a church, we would be raised up to pray and to worship you together. And Lord, in spirit and in truth, we come to worship you through this deliverance. We just pray in faith, Lord, that you will deliver us from this virus to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.